thought there should be a book club for movies? We're your new favorite pod. Never doom scroll a streaming service again and end up not finding a single thing to watch. Every month we'll pick a genre or topic and choose movies that are streaming across platforms to watch and talk about. Also, all movies can be drinking games, right? Join the conversation in the next meeting of the Monthly Movie Club Podcast. Welcome to the latest meeting. I'm your host, Mario, here with my lovely wife, Jen. Hello. This month's topic has been timey-wimey movies. Time travel, just all sorts of time hijinks. And this week's movie has been Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, directed by Junta Yamaguchi. I'm going to say Junta. I'm not sure if it's Junta or Yunta. How did you find this movie or how did you know about this i saw this movie it came out in 2020 but i read about it back when we were thinking about time travel as a topic and we were like looking for movies and stuff it came up in one of my searches as being this really interesting indie japanese time travel movie and the really cool thing about it which we'll get to in a bit is the way it's shot it's pretty unique. So I added it to my list, completely forgot about it till we started doing this again. <laughs> it was, was it 40 minutes or? It was an hour and 10 minutes. It was an hour and 10 minutes. And when you first told me about it, I thought it was going to be a quick, like a 20 minute short, almost like, like a project. Oh, that that's what I totally thought. I thought it was a short I thought it was a short film, one, based on what I knew of how it was shot. And then two, because it was like an indie film, I was like, oh, this is like a short movie. It's probably going to be like anywhere from like 25 to maybe 40 minutes long. Um, But yeah, no, it was a good 70 minutes. Um, I think it uses all the time that it has really well. Mm -hmm. I think the really cool thing about this is that it, basically plays out in real time. Mm-hmm. So the 70 minutes that we watch pass by in 70 minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's no jumping around in time, mm-hmm. no different scenes, things like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's really cool about this movie. I like I like that part because it's very rare to see that. You know, my favorite episode of Friends or you, one of my favorite episodes of Friends is the one where no one where they're all getting yeah. ready. Yeah, no one's ready, and it's shot all in one room, all at, basically in sequential, or how would you say it in in real time? And yeah, yeah, and I I like that episode a lot. So I I like the concept of this one. I think it's really smart. Yeah, I think a lot of TV shows where they end up doing the whole like everything takes place in one scene. I think it's referred to as like like a canned episode because they're all by itself it's contained it's contained they don't go anywhere everything happens in one place a lot of times those tend to be clip episodes like oh they're stuck they're stuck somewhere so they're just reliving things that have happened in previous shows but the good ones like the friends episode play with that real time very well and keep things moving I think the great thing about that one episode was basically it you saw it as a play. Mm-hmm. Like characters right. came in and out, conversations kept going, and they didn't rely on 
on cut cutaways and things like that. On the other hand, I still think are very successful. There's been a couple of canned episodes in community that we're just rewatching or I'm rewatching, you're watching for the first mm-hmm. time. But then when they do their cutaways, they're completely brand new cutaways right. that have never happened in any episode before. Yeah. Like they're just making, making it up. up. Yeah. <laughs> so at least there's like a lot more effort put into like, let's just make up a bunch of random stories. Okay. So again, movie is called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. It's a Japanese movie. Subtitled. Subtitled. Right? Yes. Yeah. So get your reading glasses. Um, and a quick synopsis of it is a cafe owner discovers that the TV in his cafe suddenly shows images from the future, but only two minutes into the future. Super simple premise, but I think executed really well. Yes. Part of me is <sighs> part of me is wondering. I mean, for the movie, it needed to be two minutes. But in, if this were to actually happen to someone, it would totally happen. In two minutes. Like, you wouldn't be able to do anything in two minutes. What's no. the point? <laughs> it's a weird anomaly. That's the, the fact that it's like a, like a weird temporal displacement. It's a weird time loop anomaly that is occurring and you can see it. Um, is the interesting part. Um, It's a very, again, like we were just saying, it's a, because it's kind of played out in real time, it's one of those things where we where I was just saying, like, it it plays itself like you were watching a play. Mm -hmm. Characters are kind of constantly moving. They're constantly talking to each other. They're changing their, their staging, where they're standing, how close to the camera they are, how far away. Um, So there's always something to go about it but i think one of the main things about this that caught my eye and the reason that i wrote it down was the fact that it's shot in a kind of one take style like we know it wasn't shot completely in one take but it's one of those things where like there are no cuts mm-hmm. or visible cuts mm-hmm. in the movie the camera moves in and the camera is a character. It's a person or it's a viewer that moves along with the character. So that's the really unique part of this. And that's why it takes place in real time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's the observe the passive observer, but you're moving along with the characters when they move scenes, you move with them. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the, the fun part. Right. We go from uh, the cafe owner. His name is Kato. Uh, we go from his, apartment upstairs down into the cafe back up to the apartment down to the cafe it's all it's shot in those two main yeah it's basically things. one small building but like you're you're climbing right. coming down the stairs constantly and and we did see that they shot this with an iphone yeah in the credits and you know <laughs> and i think i even said like these aren't the jackie chan credits <laughs> <laughs> Because like in the kind of little little square as the credits are rolling, they show behind the scenes stuff and you can see them, you know, with handheld, um, like an iPhone, like on a little high handheld tripod and then them kind of moving back and forth and stuff like that. Or when there's an action scene. Following the characters. Following the characters. And then the cameraman's actually jumping over like furniture and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Over characters' shoulders, going from room to room. Yeah. But everything is, I think the beauty of that 
little behind the scenes thing too is also to show you how intricately planned this whole thing is because it's not as simple as just standing there while the actors read their lines. It's very much a this is this is this entire thing and is is a choreographed elaborate mm-hmm. dance. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their pieces, their parts that they need to move, that they need to hit. And it's way more complicated than you think it is. Right. And the fact that there is no CG. Mm-hmm. Um, or, okay, I'm not going to say no CG because there might be. <laughs> there was a gunshot. But there is no CG when it comes to the time travel portion of it. Mm-hmm. So when they're talking to themselves, there's no CG involved. It's all practical. They planned everything out. They filmed those things. Meticulously. They, meticulously yeah. And they played them back. Yeah. So that things would um, would line up correctly. So Kato being the main character, like you mentioned, he's the cafe owner. We have Aya or Aya? Aya? It's Aya. It's Aya. Or Aya. <laughs> She's his employee. Um, and she works in the cafe also. We have Kumia, who is... A, his friend and bandmate they're in a band so his owning the cafe is not really his like ultimate dream his ultimate dream is to do music or something but it's something that they're just starting off on Tanabi, who all i can remember like all i was able to write down when i was writing down the notes was beanie guy <laughs> he's the guy with the beanie and ozawa who's i wrote the pill bug guy but he's also the he's the 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 scientist of the group he's the guy who basically understands to a certain extent the mechanics of what's happening mm-hmm. so yeah i mentioned that the interest one of the interesting things that i wrote down about this and one of the reasons we i wanted to watch it was the filming style right completely sh- makes it look like it was completely done in one take it's real time and you see them you see the characters working things out as they're figuring things out, which is which is really fun to be able to see, you know, kind of the thought process. It because it's something that happens in real time, I think it kind of puts you in that same situation of mm-hmm. like, okay, this just happened. How are you processing that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're going through it together. Um, and then overall I just love the fact that Cato just goes with it. Is he too nonchalant about it? kind of is i can't tell if he's like completely given up on life and was like <laughs> all right or if he's just kind of surprised by it that he's just like let's see where this is so the whole but, but even even if it was let's see where this is going he was not surprised by it he's just like yeah all right so like the whole thing kicks off with him in his room he's looking for his guitar pick and then his two-minute future self says, hey, it's under the rug. Yeah. And the way he convinces himself that it's him in the future is that he essentially has a conversation because he knows what he's about to say. So he responds and he says yes. And and then he tells him to look under the rug. And then that convinces present-time Kato to be like, yeah, okay. And then his future self tells him, okay, your two minutes are almost up. Go downstairs. Say this. It'll, sure, let me roll with it. <laughs> and goes downstairs. 
And then the whole thing kind of kicks off from there. This is the, you know, we, we talked about the different kinds of time travel in our last episode. And uh, one of one of those types was that this always happened. So this is that. Yes. This it, is the case where he's talking to himself. It's been two minutes. So now he, the future of him tells him, okay, now you need to go and do this. Otherwise, future self would never have told present self. So it is the always had happened type of. Yeah, which in the full examples that were like that I was giving and and were part of that rock uh, new rock stars um, breakdown. I think that was the the Terminator example where yes. where John Connor sends back that soldier to protect his mom, and then that soldier is actually his daddy. And and makes John Connor, and then John Connor survives into the apocalypse to send him back. <laughs> like it must happen that way. Right. And yeah, this one, it later on in the movie they kind of start to discuss once they're like getting past the the giddiness and excitement of like all of this. They start talking about the or between themselves like. Mm-hmm. I think it's Cato really that that kind of brings up the idea of like, do we not have self-autonomy anymore? Basically, is this right. all is this all predetermined now? Mm-hmm. Because we are seeing versions of ourselves in the future telling us to go do something. Mm-hmm. Can we not do it? You're basically or, a prisoner now. Or do, do you it. have to do it? And then he basically says, We're now we're now like prisoners or now slaves to yeah. to this thing because they told themselves something, but now they have to remember in two minutes. Or however long, whenever the the time period passes by, they need to go back to the screen to be able to tell themselves. And then that whole thing of basically them having the the two screens. So they're in the present. There's a screen in the cafe that shows them two minutes in the past. Mm -hmm. And there's a screen in his room that shows them two minutes in the future. Mm -hmm. And then when their, their buddy Ozawa shows up, of course, he's the guy who's like, yeah, it's only two minutes. He can't really do much, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Face them next to each other. Create an, an infinity mirror. And we'll be doubling time or, or adding two minutes every single time. Mm-hmm. Would you be adding two minutes or would you be doubling it? No, you'd be adding two minutes. Adding two minutes. So, yeah. And I think that's that's the the part that I, another part that I kind of found funny is that like, at the very beginning, he calls it the time TV, or they keep calling it the time TV. And then when Ozawa thinks about like putting them together so they, they create like the infinite mirror type thing, uh, he refers to it as the Drost uh, TV. And I had to look up what Drost meant. Yeah, what is that? Drost is that effect. It's the infinity mirror effect. It's oh, the, I didn't know that. It's when an image repeats itself within the image. So the way he explained the, the woman holding... Oh, hold- the can of coffee or whatever it was. Yeah, the can of coffee where she's holding a can of coffee of that can of coffee. So she's holding a version of herself, holding a version of herself. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just keeps going infinitely, mm-hmm. theoretically, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're doing. They and that's what how like one of those infinity mirrors works. It's like a three way mirror, and they're bouncing off of each other, so they keep just creating a, a reflection. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with both screens pointing at each other. They create that infinite mm-hmm. multi-layer thing where now he's like, yeah, if you speak to the third TV, mm-hmm. 
in the in the thing you're now speaking 12 minutes into the future or the past right i think after he does that there's almost immediately there's like he pops into it telling himself something yeah. about oh that's when he tells himself about the pill bug oh yeah and he's like i i i collect these things i got to go to the to the thing. the part that got me though is that he didn't tell himself to go now he just told him hey you're going to find a pill i well okay i guess it's, it's the same thing minutes. as the vcr though because it's like oh like what gave him the idea to go do it now like <laughs> you know what i mean but i guess it makes sense where if if his future self from 12 minutes from now is mm-hmm. telling him you're going to get a pill bug doesn't mean that he's going to wait till tomorrow to do it, right? It means it needed to happen within right those 12 minutes. Yeah, so that's why he left. Okay. Mm-hmm. No question. I loved the I loved the brilliance in the filming, the idea of extending the 2 minutes in this Drost, is it Drost? Yes. Drost TV. One of the things that kind of bothered me though was their acting because I know it's scripted, but they were pause. They were pausing like it was improv almost like it gave off that improv feeling to me. Um, a lot of them were hunched over like what do we do now type of acting. I don't know. It was very strange to me. I didn't really like that part. It was very distracting at first. I wonder how much of that is actually, I mean, we don't know any of these actors, right? They're all Japanese mm-hmm. actors. So we don't know if they're new actors or if they're seasoned or whatever. I wonder how much of that, though, is just truly how actors Stand? portray comedy. Like, it, it, it's, this is kind of like, a, it's kind of like a comedic sci-fi movie, right? Yeah. And then you see, like, Beanie Guy, uh, Tanabe, mm-hmm. he's... Very much like all of them are, are all of his friends, except for the cafe. The cafe owner is very kind of like <laughs> deadpan, but like his, the, the, his employee, Ea, she's very cutesy. Mm-hmm. His two friends, right? Mia and Tanabe are very mated. Mm-hmm. They're very expressive. And yes, they have the like hunched over, like, but they're, they're like, they're moving their arms a lot and they're like making super big gestures. So I wonder if it's just more of a, like, we're just not used to seeing actors like that. Maybe. I just felt like they were waiting for each other's lines. That could totally be it too. (laughs) The whole time. That's why it felt to me like it was an improv thing. Like they were still processing it. I don't know. It bothered me at first. It, It went away. I think a little bit later when there was a little bit more, action maybe but yeah something i just didn't like too much yeah i do think one of the ridiculous like i think a lot of what this movie gets right is spot on like just the idea the timing how they the logic of the of the 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 time travel through the tv happens and how they have to remember to go back and do it right to be able to tell their past self all of that stuff but the extension cords <laughs> just ridiculous <laughs> like all like he brings from his upstairs apartment from his cafe he has an iMac plugged in and then 
when his friend's like, can we bring it down? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then they bring it down and, oh, yeah, he just happens to have one on an extension cord. Like, and it's going to go all the way down the cap. So is he stealing electricity from his own place? Like, <laughs> he just has an extension cord up to his apartment? Well, can can that stay on without a cord? No. It's, it's I would have. I would have. It's a yeah, desktop PC. <laughs> it's a desktop Mac. And then the same thing with the. Uh, the same thing when they go up five floors. Yeah. Did he take the Mac again? Yes, he did. Yeah. And then he goes up to like the. Yeah. Something like five floors. <laughs> it's forever for the two guys to tie up the girl. They went up five floors. It had to be five floors away. Um, They were still arguing about how to tie her up. <laughs> By the time they get up there. <laughs> well, it does it does lend to the comedic aspect of it, of this guy being this like thug, this this gangster. But then both of them being completely clueless when it actually comes to like enforcing it. Yeah. Like they're just the tough guys. He can be a tough guy when he pulls out a knife, but like after that, they're just kind of idiots. <laughs> but yeah, I think the I think it pops open a pretty interesting question of like when this if this is going to happen do you have free will right and like everything that's going to happen you should be able to see and the fact that he brings up the screen he's like his friends are like we're going to be able to see and and be able to help you he loves that i loved that his friends were able to help him on his way up just walking up the stairs his friends actually came up to help him yeah they like every set of stairs like they would come back up and give him something new and then <laughs> tanabi is just like dude you're so awesome <laughs> so now the two minutes has grown it's it's it could be exponential at this point right yeah because of the they're, the, they're, the they're dross jumping, tv they're, they're jumping screens right yeah so they're jumping minutes and it's causing this whole timey-wimey thing so we've got time and space like legit time and space cops that are hiding their blasters, what look like blasters, in their coat pocket. Funny enough, the two movies that we do have time cops to this. <laughs> Frequently Asked Questions has Anna Ferris as a time cop, essentially. And then now we have these two guys. But yeah, these guys are like legit. They have little phasers and they have trench coats. You're so smart to call them phasers. I was like, these are blasters. <laughs> And they're hiding them not in holsters, but in just their coat pockets. Yeah. I would call them Columbos. Oh, how the, cute. They had they had like the Columbo. Time and space Columbos. <laughs> but they, uh, they come in and they want to erase memory. Now, you know what I'm thinking? They, they want to reset the time. They want to reset the time. But they're also wiping memory of this event. Yeah. So I'm thinking MIB. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They pull something out. Kind of flash, flash a little bit. Make you lose the neuralizer. A uh, few minutes or whatever it is. No, it's matcha tea. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you forget all your troubles. <laughs> Pulls out his little whisk and like. <laughs> I, that's what I thought they were doing. I literally thought they were in like a tea house, basically. So he was just going to make them a cup of tea and they'll just forget. But no, he's sleepy time out. tea. Yes, nighttime tea. Why? Why is it in matcha form? I. I they could. This couldn't be a pill that they just made these people swallow yeah i don't know well he did say that so they explain how like when these things used to happen they used to basically have to like wipe people's entire mind yeah. but that they've improved it 
to the point where they can they can wipe people like just for a few hours. And so I think he was kind of weighing it, kind of. I think if they improved it that much, they could have put it in a little little tablet. It could have been like a parking validation, like every tablet's 15 minutes. Yes. Yes. See, I think we we would be pretty good time with space cops, I think. I could put my my blaster into my robe here. <laughs> and I think this is the part that that got really interesting, right? Because the whole time they've been talking about this whole predestination, predetermined, like, can we change something? Our first glimpse of this actually back at the beginning of the movie where um, he asks himself, or like they keep egging him on to be like, ask yourself um, to go ask oh, the girl out, yeah. the, the barber, the barbershop girl, ask her out on a date. And then he runs in from the feature saying like, yeah, she said yes. And then he goes down and then he gets rejected. <laughs> Right? All the hopes in the world. And he's like, I just lied to myself. Yeah, now he's the one. He's right. the one that's to lie to himself. His, his employee, she's the one that freaked out about what would happen. She was the first one that kind of just freaked out of what would happen if we don't continue what we did. Mm-hmm. What our future selves told us. What would happen if we didn't tell us to do that? Mm-hmm. So go in there and lie. And then that's why he runs in there and goes, yeah. So as the time cops are getting them ready, right, they they see a video, right, the the video of them in the future for two minutes taking the matcha, the matcha <laughs> and then passing out. And then when it's their turn to do it, the present them, and they're doing it in front of the camera, she sneezes, which can't 100% tell if it was, like, totally intentional <laughs> um, or if she was, like, planning to, it yeah yeah if she was planning on sneezing or dropping it or being you know but she does that and then the guys start freaking out and then they you know we get a little back to the future one where they start like dissipating and they're like you created a paradox no and then the guys like, there's, no time. <laughs> there's no time because they should the paradox has been created that the fact that in those two minutes when they were supposed to drink it in front of the camera they don't they're not going to not going to be able to so they caused the change. They caused their own demise, their own change. I wonder if they, in this reality, if they died, cease to exist, or they just go back to their own timeline because they never got sent to this anomaly. I don't think it would have changed that they didn't get sent because the timey wiminess is still there. Because they're going to the past. It's not like in Back to the Future where he goes to the past and they're directly and his parents are directly involved with his future. These two guys are just like, now we work for the agency. So right. for them, they would have just continued in whatever timeline they were in yeah, the future. I think so. Okay. So rating. We I think we set up one out of one through five DeLoreans in our last one. Uh, what would you give this movie? I give it a five DeLorean. I think it was just the right timey wiminess to get me confused, but also interested. <laughs> Again, I thought this was brilliant. I I loved that they, um, even though it was such a short short time period, it was just two minutes. I love that they played with that and they were able to make that into that Drost TV. You know, they they put their brains together and, and figured out how to extend this. But then they also got into some trouble. Um, overall, I thought it was a great 
movie. Um, even though the acting kind of threw me off a little bit, I did really enjoy it. And just enough timey wimey to get me confused, but still, I'm happy. Nice. Yeah, I think I agree. I gave it a, I would give it five DeLoreans. I was worried that the idea of a single shot movie would get very monotonous. The most boring YouTube videos are the ones that like are single camera. But then the thing on those is that the camera doesn't move. Whereas here, the camera is another character and it moves along with the action. It moves along with the characters. So there are scene changes. There's just no cuts. And I think all of that was really interesting and done really well. And I think the logic about all the time travel has been thought out meticulously well, except for <laughs> the extension cords. But it's not enough for me to adopt it. So yeah, I think I think it was it was done really well. And now we go on to cool trivia from IMDb. This being a foreign film, there and only three years ago, um, doesn't have a ton of kind of behind the scenes stuff. Um, there was an article from Collider that interviewed the the director, and he, in it they say uh, Yamaguchi uses a camera no bigger than a tamagotchi. And he told The Guardian, you can get close to the cast like five centimeters away and take really, really good pictures. The camera strapped to the back of a, the camera was strapped to the back of a smartphone, which we see in a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. You see him with a little handheld tripod, you know, thing with his iPhone hooked up onto it. But I guess it wasn't always his iPhone recording because like you do have to get into really tight space. The camera was strapped to the back of a smartphone, which used as a which he used as a handheld monitor, so that he can watch the footage back as he followed the actors. So I thought that was just like really cool, really fun way of of shooting this. Yeah, and then our tried and true drinking game, tried and true, yes. <laughs> cemented in. Uh, this is definitely a sober, sober. I mean, if you want to have a gummy or two before watching this thing, it's going to make it. It's going to make that timey-wimey really difficult to follow. Yeah. But no one ever said the name of the movie. There was no one. There was no Willem scream. And no one threw a gun. So you're good. No drinkies. No drinkies. We have some honorable mentions, you know, since this is our last episode for um timey wimey um on netflix hopefully still streaming by the time you guys hear this is time trap arc in the shadow of the moon the endless about time and see you yesterday uh, on hulu there's a good one called palm springs that one's a more modern one i think any of you would love to to watch a favorite of ours is also groundhog day yeah, I don't know if it's streaming now. It's something that we've purchased because we just love watching it every year. Because who doesn't love Phil Collins? Phil Collins? Phil Collins? Phil Connors. Phil Connors. <laughs> and Ned Ryerson. Yes. Nito knows Ned. So with all of that, thank you for joining us in our latest movie club meeting. And we'll see you next time. Happy, Happy streaming, streaming. everyone.